what's going on everybody and welcome into the 10th now 10th installment of the dogs basketball podcast welcome in again your host nick malone in the studio here with noah lurch noah what's going on today on this wednesday july 28th yeah uh, we're back again ready for a good episode for saluki basketball podcast uh, had a good time at the open house we'll discuss what we heard and what happened and provide some information for you from that that's right and we did have a great time we i'm glad we ended up going because we'll get to all the details of what transpired in our experience there and as you guys probably saw our tweet we we met a couple of the players a coach and a legend um which was a great time some great uh uh, conversations we had with those guys that we'll get into here shortly whenever we talk. But we did, whenever we got in there, Noah, it was a, uh, we got these pieces of paper that had the rosters for men's and women's and who was speaking and all kinds of stuff. There was a table for season tickets that was lined up full for the most part. They gave out raffle, they were chairs, not a lot of chairs because a lot of people ended up coming. Honestly, when we pulled up, we did not expect uh, all that many people we didn't think because we thought since it was a five o'clock people were just getting off work we didn't think that uh, a ton of people were going to make it but we understand obviously how uh, you know invested this community is in basketball uh, men's and women's which is what we love to see because we want that place packed that a lot of people are invested a lot of people were there there was a small seating but everyone was standing the players had their own tables uh, the boys were with the girls at certain tables, and they had name tags on the tables as well. And a lot of people went up and talked to the players beforehand. It didn't really get started right till like five, almost five thirty, probably around like five fifteen. They're giving out raffle tickets for uh, bobbleheads and for a signed Jeremy Chin poster, which somebody won that. Lucky them. Uh, a lot of things transpired whenever we walked in the door and they put it off because, like I said, everybody was filling in. There were a lot of people in there. Uh, Brian and Sidney Stein, along with uh, AD Liz Jarnikin, and, of course, the MC with uh, Mike Reese put on a great show. We'll get a quick recording here in a second. No, what were your overall – like I said, we'll get into uh, details of our conversations with some of the people uh, but what did you think overall of last night? And we also, uh, they allowed fans near the end to go down and shoot a half-court shot for two free uh, tickets to every home game this year. And we did partake in that, didn't we? We did, and uh, neither of us made our shot when it counted. When They let us, uh, before the people that were running it got down there, they let us shoot around a little bit. And I did make my first one in warm-ups, but I did I went in and out during the real thing so i didn't we did not but overall it's really great experience getting to hear what everybody had to say about not only the men's program but what cindy sign had to say about her women's program and uh by the looks of it people are really excited about saluki athletics in general that more people are coming out and it uh, looks like this fo- this winter this fall during football now during basketball that there's going to be a lot of fans at the games. Yeah, that's right. Like we said, that's what we want. And we did have a little, we'll just say a little bit of what we talked with Brian, that we talked about how packed it was at the end of his first year with Missouri State game and how uh, pivotal that was for the program. And I know how the players, because they ended up coming back and winning that game, obviously. We were, we did not attend that game, unfortunately. We were out actually to a high school, a top-notch high school basketball tournament. 
we were definitely streaming it while we were there. We weren't able to make that. But a game like that, when they were storming the court and everything, that just, you know, puts this place at a, new, at a next level in terms of, obviously, the, the fan atmosphere and everything. So we got in the middle of that with Brian. But I will right now play, which actually, going back to the half-court shot, I also partaked. I don't remember the last time I touched a basketball before we were warming up, just shooting layups and stuff. And I airballed mine, which I always, as a shooter in high school, I always uh, – took pride in my ability to shoot far distance. And I know at one point I was shooting half court shots in my life. And I know I always made them or came close. I was really upset with the fact that I airballed it. I was not happy with that. A lot of people were watching. Some players were watching. Lance Jones was on the court rebounding for everybody. Cause I was going to challenge Lance, you know, after that, but after I airballed, that wasn't going to happen. So here we are again, Brian. And I think, Brian is the only one in this video that talks, but they show a lot about people talking to the players and stuff. So we'll here's Brian talking about when he was on the podium and what he everything that he said about uh, the future, what's going on, and everything like that. When I had meetings the week after the conference tournament with all my guys, and she had meetings with all her girls, they all came in and said, "Coach, I want to be a salute. I want to come back." After being in isolation, after being in quarantine, after having games canceled, after not playing in front of the community, they love being down here. And that's special. Feel it in the hallways. You feel it when you talk to the other coaches. You feel the momentum every single day. See, last year, not having the community with us, it was different. It was something we never want to go through again. But in terms of where all the programs are going, these next five years are going to be unbelievable times to do special things with great people. We're not trying to get back to where we were. We're not trying to get back to 05, 06, 07. We're trying to do things right now better than they've ever been done before. What you're going to find, what you're going to watch night in, night out is a women's team, a men's team that love SIU and they love each other and they love playing for this university. So he just goes on to keep talking and he's so right as we, we talk about all the time, Jamal Payton was in the house, which we also had a conversation with him. Uh, that the 05, 06, 07 teams, we, we talk about them a lot because <clears throat> those were the last times we were in the the big dance, so we always flash back to it and, you know, wish, you know, hopeful that that would happen to these terms now, and I love that he said that because, you know, we're, we're kind of not focused as much on the past anymore. Now we're focused on the now, and that obviously our aspirations to get there now, Noah, right? That is correct. Uh, he, this is... He said this is one of the hardest working groups he's he's ever seen, and they put in the work day by day, not only the men's but the women's program also. That uh, they also said that the uh, Cindy sign went on, and it was the group overall as a whole. SIU athletics finished like top in the Missouri Valley, highest ever in the Missouri Valley, and Cindy Sign said her group finished top ten in the country in GPA. I just know that uh. They work hard not only on the court but in the classroom as well. And I know that uh, today the the real the Saluki basketball account tweeted that uh, after a record-setting year in the classroom, the Salukis were honored with the national association or national uh, 
Association of Basketball Coaches team with the Team Academic Excellence Award, and Will Keller and Siku Dembele earned spots on the honors court. So uh, that's really important process to not only our basketball program, but through Saluki Athletics. That it's not just you're not just here to play sports, but you got to be you got to put as much work as you do on the court in the classroom as well. Yeah, it puts a big old emphasis on the student athlete part of uh, everything, you know, and they, they always take pride. We always hear about it. We either see the whenever we're at games and they post about not only for basketball, but they do like a student of the week and they put whoever had the highest GPA or something within the sports programs. It could be from swimming. It could be from softball. It could be from anything. So they always they always take pride, obviously, and as they should. And because, you know, I remember Chris Carl, when he would talk, like the, the ball is going to, when they, he talked to the team, however long ago, that the ball is going to quit bouncing one of these days. And whenever you have, you know, when you work towards having a great GPA and having a great degree, that obviously, unless you're a professional basketball player, which obviously we have the aspirations here. A lot of these players do, of course, whether it's overseas or whether it's the NBA, they'll make money doing that. But one of these days, obviously they're going to get too old to earn checks to play sports. So, that degree, you know, you'll always have as long as you stay committed in a sense of what you like and whatever. And we know a lot of these guys have a pretty good, uh, whatever, like what, whatever they're going into, you know, they have quality ones, ones that I'm sure they're really well-rounded and, uh, what they like and what, what it's all about. So we know we have a smart group and as they say, will, Will and Saku have definitely paved the way and been one of the tops. We know Will has ever since he's been here. He's helped out a big time with his, so not only with his leadership and everything, but his classroom work as well. That is a big deal. That's almost just as big as anything else. So as we mentioned, that was a bit of what Brian talked about and then Cindy Stein also talked about. We want to, before we get into whenever we talk to some of the guys, uh, Brian mentioned injuries or all the uh, – adversity that men's and women's face, but definitely men's, you know, getting uh, games canceled, all that stuff, having uh, our own players have COVID and stuff, all the whatever's, and he was talking about how everyone's doing right now, Noah, and you, uh, he mentioned that, and he was going to everyone that was dealing with injuries, he said Marcus, he said, I don't think he said JD, we know what JD has been working through, but he mentioned Anthony, and we did notice yesterday, we didn't get a chance to talk to him, but freshman Foster Wonders was in a walking boot. Now, it kind of caught us off guard. We didn't notice it at first because, obviously, like I said, the players were in the back at their own tables. We sat, we were fortunate enough to sit in the second row in that seating right up there, and people saw that on our pictures of Brian. That's how close we were. Uh, caught us off guard because we had no idea about anything with Foster. And obviously, I don't see why we would. You know, that's within the team for practices and all that happening. We don't think it's too serious. But no, yeah, Foster with a walking boot. Yeah, uh, if there's any too, anything too serious, I feel like we'd know about it, or Brian might have elaborated a little bit on it. But uh, yeah, he mentioned that they will be back soon, and he said he mentioned that Marcus was full go. Uh, he mentioned Ben Harvey, who had who had mono, and he had. Uh, we talked to uh, Robbie Dozier. After, like, his first workout, he had so much pain that they had to go in there and take, like, little pieces off his spleen, not fully take it out. But uh, that was his full injury and that he should be good to go here in a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, because we mentioned uh, what Ben was going through, and we didn't want to be specific on it until they came out with it themselves. And since Brian uh, finally said, 
what happened to him that we uh, that it was okay for us to obviously finally talk about it. Yeah, uh, Robbie told us that he uh, they didn't think it was anything at first. They he kind of just you know shrugged it off and didn't think anything. But as you said, yeah, he started to practice like the next day or a couple of days, and he just felt the pain, and he knew he had to take care of it. So yeah. He said that if they would have done surgery more on the spleen, not just take those little bitty parts of it, if they would have done full surgery per se on it, it would have been like two months compared to obviously the two or three or four weeks he would be going through. So he wasn't there last night. Uh, he was the only one that wasn't there. Fortunately, all the new guys were there, and they mentioned when they were talking that, you know, whenever all these guys want to come back, but it, it was crazy because really just Marcus, Lance, and Trent, they were the only ones that have experienced the community before and that they wanted to get all these, even though the Kylers, the Daltons, the Stevens have been here, that, you know, but they didn't get, obviously, in a COVID year, their first year, they didn't get to know everybody. So that was a pivotal point last night in them speaking as well. Uh, hopefully, a lot of the players enjoyed all these conversations with them. So now, Noah, going into that, after we went and shot the half-court shots, we came up and realized that we probably should talk to some of the players and try to, and we... Uh, we are good friends with Robbie Dozier. He went to Marion High School, as we, as did we. He's in between us both. He's a grade between us both. Uh, obviously, we know how important Robbie is to the program. So we do rely on him, and we do like having conversations with him. He gives us a lot of details on stuff. And we were just talking to him one point, and he called uh, my boy Stephen Verplanken over. And he was the first player that we got to talk to, and immediately we went into – as soon as we talk to all these people, we first off tell them who we are, that we're, that we're the ones behind the Dogs basketball account. And Steven, uh, you know, said that he, he loved our podcast. He said he listens to our podcast. We just talked to him about uh, all kinds of stuff, uh, perhaps sneak peeks down the road of talking to him on one of these. Uh, but also we mentioned uh, the tournament ahead for, against Colorado and teams, and he said that'll be tough, but they're really looking forward to it. And we talked to that uh, to Brian as well. They just both said how big of a challenge it is. I think Steven said that he has a uh, a guy that he knows on the Colorado State basketball team, which hopefully we'll be able to play. Then he was just he was really down to earth, really cool, and it was really cool for us to know that you know he listens and some of the other players listen to our podcast because we know we we have a certain amount of fans and fans that we know talk about us or like hearing us. It's cool to see that the players. Uh, Especially because, like I said, Steven was really down to earth. He was really chill about uh, talking to us about stuff that he likes and listening. He actually gave us some grief on our first episode. You know, the typical pilot episodes can't be as whatever. So that was really cool, wasn't it, Noah? Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, first off, before we said, when whoever we talked to, we immediately apologized for if we annoy them with their tagging. And they all just said, no, it's cool. Uh, basically, uh they they do anything that will get them followers or anything. So if they're tagged and they like or retweet something, that more people see it. So they're they're cool with that. And yeah, it was just a cool experience. Got to talk a little to Trent Brown and Marcus Damas when they were, and uh, we asked them about the final since uh, Trent's from Arizona. He's a Suns fan and Marcus is a Buck, Bucks fan. Apparently. Uh, Dalton Banks and Marcus Damas kicked Trent Brown out of the apartment after game one or before even halftime of game one. And so that was a – we had a good time talking to them, and we got a little bit to talk to Brian Mullins. Yeah, and, uh, it was really – Marcus Damas is huge, by the way. I think I'm tall at 6'1". That dude is every bit of 6'6". And Trent's about my size, too. And 
you can just tell they're really cool guys and uh you know they like talking to the community you can just tell in the little bits that we were talking to them that they enjoy whenever anybody talks to them about anything that they're down to, to talk for a long time and i wish we could have had more time with them per se but yeah we mentioned the finals because we know they were big and we obviously know where they're from and had, had there been a rivalry that was funny to hear what they did with him we wish we would have caught a picture with steven because obviously we did with trent marcus and they were kind enough to take one Really cool to get to know some of those guys, and they also follow our account. And uh, obviously, like you mentioned, we tag them so much, we don't want to be a nuisance in any way. And they said we're not, thankfully, whether they're just being nice or not, I'm not sure. But Because uh, we do, we tag them throughout a whole basketball game or tag them anytime or anything. So it was cool to see that they also followed as well, knowing that they're two of the top players on the team. And uh, Marcus did mention that his dad, Dan, shout out to Dan Damask, a big follower of ours, listens to our pods as well. So it's really, it's just great to know. I mean, that's, that's why we do this. We do it for the, for the fans that we know we have out there and the people that have always liked our tweets and stuff. We do it because we love it, obviously. And all these conversations we've had with everybody, uh, just, you know, obviously we talk about how little we were and that we're growing up pretty much out of the womb that we just – have just came in SIU and we love it. It's why we do it. And whenever we hear from fans that they enjoy what we talk about and even the players, of course, and even coach Mullins, we talked to him. Like we said, we talked to him about the uh, upcoming schedule. He said it's going to be difficult because we told him that we made the tournament a couple years ago to Florida, though, in his first year. And he said, that's good. And uh, that we obviously with the Virgin Islands, that we probably weren't going to make it this time. And he said, well, because they also mentioned the, the games we know about for this season. He also mentioned, uh, you know, the San Francisco's and all that of the Southern Mississippi and all those of the world. We said, yeah, we probably won't make the San Francisco game either. But we try to make every single game we can. And he said, you know, all the notoriety and the attention you bring to the, you know, that we bring to the program and the players is, you know, the best, you know, it just helps elevate this place. And, no, that brings me back. It just reminded me that he mentioned – Something new with a at least one conference team that we play at the beginning of December. Didn't he mention on December first something going on? Yeah, we have a or... we have a road game December first. Um, I think they may. To me, what what I took from that is uh, just in case. I think maybe they're starting conference a little earlier just in case there's COVID and gives us more time to make up games if we if need be. Let's hope there is no makeups this year that we don't have any problems like we did last year mid-season, missing two, the whole month of November and the whole month of January. So uh, that's what I take from it, uh, that they're just going to use it, start a little conference a little earlier. So uh, that's what I think. Even if it's – yeah, if they started earlier, that'd be great because we already went through the amount of games we'll have in non-con. Uh, yeah, we're not sure who that opponent will be yet. Obviously, that part hasn't came out yet, but it'll be interesting to where we go on the road to. Yeah, so we thought we'd add that because we did forget. Yeah, the, he he did mention that because of that, because of that, that's why SLU is pushed back and next the next to the next year. And I believe we also have a road game at Tulsa. I'm not sure if we'll make that one. We'll do our best. And there's st- he said they're still finishing up their schedule. And he also mentioned when we were talking about the MTEs that since. There was such a good turnout two years ago, his first year at Kissimmee, that they're going to try to do something in Florida next right. year. So yeah. there's since there's so, there's a lot of retired Saluki fans down there. So yeah, and as we remember when we were there in Kissimmee, that we had the best fan support by far. And I know all those other teams came from all parts of the country. And he mentioned the retired folk 
that are in Florida. So, yeah, we were all, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because we did forget that he did say that. Uh, so that definitely brightens our spirits in terms of wanting to make something like that and have a couple of days down in Florida. That'd be great. And he mentioned how tough it is. You know, it's expensive for the team to travel because we said, obviously, you know, you know for fans, we don't, we're not expecting a lot of fans there because it is expensive to, you know, there's a, there could be a layaway. There could be all kinds of stuff on your route to get to the Virgin Islands. So even though those are where it feels like if you go, you know, over the ocean somewhere, that those are where the big ones are. We know the Bahamas, one we'll get to, one of the Bahamas, there's a Valley team headed there, and then obviously, like, all kinds of different ones. One's in Hawaii, blah, 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 all kinds. I feel like if you make a trip overseas, that seems like those are the best ones, but going to Florida seems ideal for everybody involved. We agree with him there. It's really cool to talk to Brian. Down to earth as well. He appreciated our count as well. And then we got a chance now to talk to Jamal Tatum, and we, we knew we had to. We at least wanted to get a picture with him, and we were talking to him about uh, what he's been up to because we asked him if he was coaching and uh, he said that he was running a nonprofit back in Jefferson City where he's from to help kids develop in basketball and all different kinds of things and we really appreciate that answer uh, you know he's also really down there it's really funny as well and because uh, we mentioned that we miss hearing uh, Steve Fallon say from Jefferson City Missouri in the starting lineups long time ago we dated him because i because we said it would do when we were like 11 years old you know obviously you were you know we were some of your biggest fans and he said oh you're making me feel old and stuff like that so it was funny he's really down to earth couldn't imagine what he was like as a college kid how energetic he is now you know in his 30s so and also we were with a buddy and he mentioned uh with the nli how much he could have probably sold his dreads for to cut him off because he said he he cut him off when he was done with college and he didn't grow them again until i think he said 2012 was the last time he had dreads and he's you know he doesn't have them anymore so he's done with that part of his life but he, he could have made a lot of money our friend was right on uh, how much money he could make off his dreads we cut him off at the time of NLI. he wishes he could still get paid today he said so it was a great visit we got our picture as you guys saw on our thing no that was that brought us back like i said to a 10 or 11 year olds getting to meet jamal tan because obviously we never have and he, he comes around. This is the first time he's been around in a while. He said that him and Brian have been planning this to for him to come down and come back for a while, right? Yeah, he, uh, when Brian was talking, he said that Jamal just called him up said, I, can I just come hang? Just He just wants to be there. And he's the same guy as he was when he, while he was playing over there. He's always smiling, energetic. He's just a good guy all around. He told us that he had kids from third to ninth grade and that – He's not they're, – they're not quite ready to start a uh, – what you call an AAU program now, but in, here in a couple of years that I'll probably start one up over there. So uh, that's cool to see that he's doing what that with kids, bringing back to the game that he loves so much. And uh, he said he, he's going to come back probably sometime soon again. So he just loves being here. Yeah, he did mention also that he made uh, the tournament in St. Louis this past year. So he's slowly but surely coming back into the fold in terms of – you know, his love, because he said, because he said he's, you know, he kind of had a feeling, he kind of thought that people would look at him differently from the past because he hasn't been here in forever, but everybody is welcoming him back the same as when he left. So he, he still felt the love from the community, which was great. Um, it's great. You know, he, he loves where he comes from. And, you know, we were able to say that, you know, because he, he wasn't really familiar with our podcast. So we just um, got in touch with him future down the road in terms of, following him or doing he he's all about he was just all about it really nice about you know everything that we're doing and you know who knows down the road with something so 
Shout out to the legend. Shout out to Brian. Shout out to Marcus, Trent, and Stephen for taking the time. We wish we would have talked to all the players because uh, one of these days we will want to maybe have it to where we uh, talk to some players on this one of these days. And we had an option last night to talk to every single one because obviously we would have things to talk about with them. We wish we would have took a couple time or you know a couple minutes to talk to them about. All kinds of stuff, or you know, take about five minutes per player to mention stuff, so that even you know, if it would take, because not every player obviously we can't have on this thing. So talking to them then would have been really cool. So uh, stay posted for any of that stuff down the road. We might have it out of nowhere. We might uh, sneak peek it for you guys. So st- stay posted with that. Really fun. I was really glad we did that. We almost, I mean, we've thought about doing it for about a week or not or so. They they only. Uh, started advertising it the last week and a half. So we said at that moment, like, obviously, you know, we're kind of well-known. We got uh, got a chance to talk to Todd. Also, yesterday, introduced ourselves because we rely on him a lot. So a lot got to talk to a lot of people. Really glad that we ended up going. Great time. And we honestly wish football would have one of those. But a lot of people to take into account with football, as we've talked about before. So as I mentioned, oh, it was a great time last night. We had a great time. Uh, got our pictures, got our talk to the people we wanted to. So uh, cannot wait for the season. Wish it was starting tomorrow, as we've said. So now Noah moving on. After that, we have a rec- uh, some recruiting updates and around the valley updates. A lot of the teams are getting fully into their MTEs now, aren't they? Well, let's get into the recruits first. Yeah, uh, first off, happen- happened today that we noticed that uh, he took an official or he took an unofficial visit last Last year, I believe, uh, from Hazelwood Central up in St. Louis, Ahmad Scarborough, he committed elsewhere today. But for us recently, uh, I've seen that we more, I've seen uh, Jake Lieberman tweet that we are more involved in Braden Pierce. He's a seven-footer from Georgia, that we are more involved on him, that we keep in contact today. Another name to mention is uh, Chiron Lindsay. He saw has seen his recruitment rise so quickly in the AAU circuit he is planning on. I've seen yesterday he now has received an offer from Oklahoma State. So he is beginning he mark he has now Marquette, Texas Tech, Texas AM. Uh, so he's beginning to get out of our reach there. Pretty much pretty much any team you could think of that's not a legit blue blood seems like so he might be slowly getting out of reach he's a heck of a player we mentioned our 2022 rankings we're going to do because the list has got up to how much now we are up to 33 players on a list 33 players but we have not officially offered all 33 right but a lot that we're interested in and like we mentioned before still down the road we will give a top five of 2022 guys we would like the team to sign most and I can definitely tell you that Kyron Lindsay won't be at the top of the list until it's official that he is. Because I know he thanked the media today and a lot of people giving him love and everything. So he made sure to do that. We would sure to like that. You know, keep, keep, because he'll look at his likes and say, oh, Dr. Basketball, maybe. Who knows? Because we're probably, you know, in his rearview mirror at this point. You never know. But go ahead, Noah. I know, we know Kyron's one of the top ones. Yeah, he, uh, when I make my list, I'll probably make it guys maybe in reach of ours for now. Realistic, yeah, I guess. But uh, for now that we do, he has not posted yet today, but we do know there's somebody is on campus for a visit. We will not release till he releases, so stay tuned on that. And we found that out today, uh, and we'll be sure to post all about that when that happens. We were surprised it hasn't happened by now. 
But uh, keep posted on that down the road. Heck, it might happen while we're still doing this. You never know. So keep up to date on that. Uh, I do know that uh, for the mean streets and the versus the Brad Beal elite, uh, SIU was there along with Georgetown, Kentucky, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Memphis, Marquette, Butler, LSU, USC, Gonzaga, UCLA, Indiana. So a lot of a lot of teams there to watch that. We know that uh, Rob Avila plays for the Mean Streets, and I believe there are a couple other guys that we are have mentioned before that play for Brad Beal Elite out of St. Louis. Um, so we do know that. We know Derek Piper from Twenty Four Seven Sports did tweet the other day. Brian Mullins was in attendance to see Jalen Quinn at a Tuscola Community High School. So that is good to see. We do know that the other day we offered Zakai Ziegler out of New York, New York. He did. I will tell him this. We are Southern Illinois University, not South Illinois University in his tweet. Maybe he was in a rush. I'd hate. I don't care. I'd hate to be that type. Hate to be that type of person. But if you're going to mess up the university in your tweets, I'm going to start calling them out on our account. Whether you like it or not, it Feel is free to. Uh, it is Southern. No alerts to let him know. It is Southern Southern Illinois University, not University of Southern Illinois, not South Illinois University. Sure, uh, no. Then uh, we have a uh, Jack Karasinki, who we offered a day ago. He is uh, a six-seven forward out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So as we know, all the coaching staff was there yesterday. And unless there's somebody on that makes these trips, as he said, Brian was in attendance for Jalen Quinn. They've all been, we know Monahan and Maman have been busy. You know, they've been traveling a lot lately. If they're making the Mean Streets, Bradbury Elite, all that stuff, these guys have been traveling, working hard, and they made sure they, they probably came back for the open house and then immediately got back on the road. You never know. And we were told also, Noah, that the, the team right at Thursday is when they're free to go, I guess, home for the summer until they come back to get ready for the season, right? Yeah, that's what we were told. And uh, we'll say that John Rothstein tweets it daily, but there is 104 days till basketball. So that is good to see. Yeah, we try to retweet that every oh, – we should, probably should every day to remind people. We'll do it probably once a week. But it's just All a right. good reminder. No try to do it every day. And uh, since our last podcast, just to keep you guys updated, a happy belated to the big man in the middle, Kyler Filowich. He probably turns about, what, 20, 19-ish? I'd say 19. So happy belated to him. Other than that, on the recruiting circuit, I do know that – other teams are in action. They are offering guys every other day. I know, uh, I believe uh, Loyola had a couple guys in for official visits today and yesterday that I saw. And I believe since last time we talked, Loyola was the only one with a or Loyola and Missouri State both had commits already. If I can think of his name, I do know that. Uh, Loyola landed, Loyola landed another guy, Jaden Dawson, two days ago. So that's another guy at a Omaha Central High School. So they are – Mr. Valentine has two commits already for 2022, so I'd say he's doing just well. 
to get to the, well, you mentioned MTEs for a couple other teams that uh, we have. I'll start with Valpo, the smaller tournament down in Bahamas. Bahamas, I think, somewhere. Bahamar or something. Bahamar is where they're at, wherever that's at. But uh, they are first match, first round matchups against Coastal Carolina. Teams like Jacksonville State, Abilene Christian, Tulane, Drexel, Charlotte, Toledo are in that tournament. But the big one today that we saw got announced is the Battle for Atlantis, which always has good schools. I'll go through the matchups real quick. Baylor play the defending champions. Baylor Bears play Arizona State. Uh, VCU plays Syracuse. Auburn plays UConn. And the big matchup of the day, the Loyola Ramblers get a first game of the year. Heck of a way to start your coaching coaching career against Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans. Yeah, that's big time. And as we know, it's because they of who they are. They know they've had tournament success. They want to give them the opportunity to be in something like this. They're pretty much – they're one of the best mid-majors in the country. There's no other way to put that. That's without a doubt. Putting them against Tom Izzo at Michigan State. Both teams have been different, obviously. One loses their best player, but brings back uh, pretty much their full team along with a new coach. And then Izzo, you know, he he's lost a lot of players, but obviously if who they are, they can bring in recruits. I don't know. I would say, obviously, you would have Michigan State as the favorite in that game, but you never know. Uh, that's big time. Especially since, you know, if they if they keep moving on in that, the potential of uh, who they would face also. It's just resume builders for them. And it could keep going with them being the team to beat, helping their resume to get back to the big dance without Porter Moser. So it's interesting. Good good for good for them, honestly. We yeah. hope to be them one day, bottom line. Yeah, uh, also that uh, I think we mentioned before, but since the uh, – I think two teams – uh, the Myrtle Beach Invitational with Indiana State, we mentioned it before, but that bracket got reset because two teams have scheduled to play each other already in th- in the in the season, so they reset that bracket. Indiana State now plays Old Dominion in the first round. Winner of that game gets the winner of Oklahoma and Porter Moser versus or East Carolina. Teams like Davidson, New Mexico State, and Hoodie Rio, Penn, Penn, Penn University, and Utah State are in that. Utah State's not a bad team. They've always been close to the tournament over there in the uh, Mountain West. They're one of the best Mountain West teams out there, so it's not bad either. I mean, it just keeps putting the Valley, you know, in a, in a good position nationally in terms of all these tournaments they're in. So we know we're in a good one. As we said, even the team said themselves that it's going to be a challenge, and we're looking forward to it. Because we – I forgot to mention also because we, we mentioned uh, Colorado's depth chart before who they've lost, who they've brought in bringing in a lot of studs, but they also lost McKinley Wright. We were also mentioning that about with Steven as well. He knew who we were talking about. So, yeah, they've definitely already done some scouting on the uh, Buffalo. Yeah, uh, if the Valley could be put on the map by the end of the MTEs because I know Brad or Bradley plays Colorado State, who's in the same tournament as we are. We play Colorado. Then we know we just mentioned Loyola gets a shot at Michigan State and the teams like that. We mentioned last last pod that Drake gets an opportunity to beat Belmont, a good OVC school. But not only they'll get the winner of Iona and Alabama, then if they were to somehow get to the championship, they will probably see the Kansas Jayhawks. So it's just – which I'd love to see because, you know, Joseph Yusef, who just transferred there, that would be a heck of a matchup. Yeah, and imagine if, you know, because <clears throat> well, honestly, we know how good Bradley can be. 
they have a really good chance to beat Colorado State and the Colorado State's hyped this year. Obviously, our chance to beat Colorado. It's far-fetched to say Loyola can beat Michigan State. But just imagine if, yeah, if, if all these teams at least beat, or most of them beat teams like that, teams that are deemed to be Final Four or more, I mean, we can only imagine that. It's one of those things where, you know, we know the run Wichita had and why they left. I mean, I think Loyola in the coming years, I really do. If they Well, if they keep winning, it'd be different if – because we know Greg Marshall stayed there. And if Porter stayed there, they probably could have kept having the success. Not saying Drew can't have what Porter had. But, you know, obviously Cameron Crowley makes a big difference too. I think one of these days Loyola can sustain, keep winning the Valley Tournament and get to the – at least win a game in the first round or something that they might end up leaving. They might end up doing like a Wichita State kind of thing. Do you think that's possible? Because if they do – Wichita got to the Final Four before, obviously, and they're, the run that they had, obviously Loyola did too. So – the makings are there of the potential. So what do you think of that? I think that's definitely possible. I mean, it's, I'd say it's definitely possible, but I think that's still down the road. I know that uh, if, as we as we talked about on football, we mentioned Texas and Oklahoma blowing up the Big 12. Anything can happen, but uh, I just think as a little private university like Loyola, they'll probably stay put. And uh, like like we mentioned about Oklahoma, if you're dominating the conference, why would you leave? You're guaranteed a spot in the NCAA if you're Loyola almost every year. So I just feel like they'd probably stay put. And as you see, yes, Wichita made the play-in game, but they're st- they're not the team they used to be. Yeah, they're probably getting better players, and Creighton's still as good as they – or probably better than they've ever been talent-wise. So getting – so that's just that. I'd probably it's, – it's definitely possible because anything's possible, as we know, but – just to mention a little other news around the Valley, I am going to shout out the uh, Bradley Braves TBT team. They are putting on a show in the basketball tournament shown on ESPN and ESPN Plus and ESPN3. But uh, other Bradley news, former he entered the portal, got in trouble last year, but Eliza Childs has signed a professional contract overseas. Yeah, that's noteworthy. Uh I was, As we knew with his talent, he could have gone anywhere in the yeah. country if he wanted to. So that's, that's definitely strange. He knew that probably his time in the NCAA is done for, especially if you're going overseas. Not saying that they don't really care about your past, but you know they'll still give you a chance because obviously they want to win where they're at too, and he gives whoever he goes to a great chance to win. Also, I, I forget which team, but another uh, alum, Milton Doyle, is getting a chance to play for somebody in the Summer League. I forget forgot which team, which I'm sure Kavion Pippen might have a chance in the Summer League. I did see Daryl Brown signed with a team over in the Republic of Georgia, so he's showing what he can do in the TBT. Yeah, he made so, a big shot the other night. So uh, that's just... So are they little, still playing, or did you say that they're done? No, they are still playing. Exactly. Okay. So yeah, I mean, Daryl is obviously one of their best players, and the fact that they're playing in their gym, and we know that Illinois had a team that... Uh, we had high hopes for, and they lost in the first round because we know how uh, how Carver Arena can be. You know, the Rams can be kind of shaky, and Daryl Brown, of course, is going to show out. He's used to it for four years. So, five I mean, he started here five years ago. So, yeah, Daryl was felt, used to those. Felt like 10 years. Yeah, so good for him. Uh, as we talked about, yeah, Childs, good luck to him as well. Um, clearly, yeah, he's passed in a sense, kind of like, as we see on our TV, Deshaun Watson, you know, it's kind of put off in a sense right now. He's able to do certain things with teams and stuff. So maybe that'll be more whatever down the road. But it is good to see that. Um, what else is there going on? 
Daryl Brown, I will say Daryl Brown got out right after he uh, found out what Lance Jones could do to him, put him in a blender over at SIU. I think it was that play, along with him dropping however much at Evansville or whatever his freshman year. I think that was – whenever he had the ability to do moves like that on veterans like Daryl Brown, I think that was the turning point when we knew Lance Jones could be an all-time Saluki, had the potential to do that anyway. So really wish we would have got a chance to talk to him at the open house. But we know he was bouncing around. He made his way to the uh, – to the court to rebound for the half court shots and stuff. So we didn't really get a chance, but uh, big high hopes for Lance. He was getting talked to a lot at his table. Wasn't he? Yes, he was. Uh, good to see uh, going back to, I will say from last night, what I saw is that uh, Scotty Abube is all of 6'10", that he is listed. Yeah. I mean, that's what we were talking about. We said, look how, Look how huge that man is. And they're right. I mean, he looked kind of slimmer to me as what we've been told about 265. He's a strong 265, potentially. They're all wearing the same polo, I believe. So, I mean, he just looked – we saw Troy was getting talked to a lot. Even re, the new Reese Johnson being a recent local kid that he was getting a lot of – he was getting talked to as well. We saw Cash, Coupe. He's every bit of however tall he is, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, as well. We mentioned how big Marcus was. So, um, I'm sure those guys enjoyed that night. So, so there was a little update around uh, MTV MTEs for Valley teams. What other former Valley players are doing, and so and so. So Noah, let's move on. We'll uh, let's get to. We did have a mailbag again. Mitchell from Marion is very active in our. Uh, he might have been there last night at the open house. Not sure. I'm pretty sure he was though. We didn't. We can't really confirm that yet. But. Uh, well, we, I will say before we get to this that uh, we did have another one, but but we were going to do it either way. But shout out to Todd, Todd Patton. He DM'd us. He's uh, was going to be out of town, wasn't able to make it last night. He wanted us to do a little recap, which we were going to do either way. But shout out to him seeing, sending us a mailbag and appreciating our podcast. Yeah, yeah, he did say he was out of town and cannot attend. He said thanks for considering. He also messaged us. The, uh, on the 20th, he said he loves our podcast on both basketball and football. Really appreciate Todd for those kind words. And I'm sure he can't wait to listen to this. I'm sure he's got his tweet notifications on, as everybody should, on who, uh, on what to, uh, you know, ask us and what they want to know or if we're making something like that. Which, of course, you know, knowing who we kind of are and how popular we think we are, might, as we said before, we might think we're bigger than what we are. We're trying to grow we're trying to grow in every way possible on social media, and we'll get to that here in a second. But Mitchell from Marion's mailbag, Noah, it's a good one. I think it's one that deserves some conversation and a lot of deep thinking, so we're kind of going on the spot here. We mentioned it before we came on here, but he said an all-time Saluki team, a first team and a second team, all Saluki. Very interesting. You know, a lot of players obviously come to mind, and we try to narrow it down to obviously you would include Walt Frazier, you would include the Chico Vaughn, the all-time leading scorer. You would include guys like that. And the guys way back in the day that made the NBA, as we know, on the portrait in the Bayard Terror Center of Slukies in the NBA. But we try to make it more modern, more in our lifetime. So in the mid mid to late 90s, uh, up until this point, maybe even start like around 2000. Because obviously Walt would be in ours and Chico would be in ours, as we've mentioned. So a couple players, I mean – Let's talk. Let's do a, just a combined one. Who we think we would agree on? We can agree that the man we got the chance to talk to last night would be on the first team. Can we? Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, probably I'd put him and maybe... Uh, There's someone else I was thinking, because we're actually kind of doing a little starting five. Darren Brooks has every right to be on that first team as well. Yeah, I'd also include maybe Troy Hudson on that team yeah, as well. score, because as we know, our former coach, Marion Shane Hawkins, had the former Saluki as well, had the privilege to play I was, with Troy. And a lot of stories we've heard from him, but Troy was a heck of an athlete, heck of a scorer. I was going to put Shane Hawkins on my uh, – he wasn't. I, I wasn't thinking of more of a first and second team. I was thinking of a, well, just one team, team bringing yeah. off the bench. Yeah, I'd bring off Shane Hawkins off my bench, and he'd. Uh, so that'd be he'd first light somebody ten up. guys. So yeah, I'd probably put. I'd I light mean, somebody up. Because if you look at it in the end, you know he's never really talked about as much. Uh, you know he's had his issues with the NCAA as well in terms of, you know, coaching. From the past, he's not because we always assume that he can maybe coach in the NCAA one day. He never will, so we know he's at Carnival right now. So he was a great shooter, as we know. He he always told us about the game where he dropped twenty something and had made seven or eight threes against Syracuse, and uh, you know we believed him obviously. We can't find any proof of that, which is funny. But you know he had his moments. I think he's you know he was a great scorer for them. I wouldn't say he's in the top ten Saluki ever at all. But in terms of how you want to build your team, I guess you can obviously put a sharpshooter in there. I'm just saying if we were to do a top 10 of best solutions ever, more modern from when we were, because he obviously played in the 90s as well. So, yeah, you could put Troy in there. Darren, Jamal, Kent Williams. Um, uh, who else are we thinking of here? Who else were on those early 2000 teams? 2002. Matt team. Shaw, maybe. Jermaine Deerman. Obviously, on mine, uh, is another great score from more recently is Anthony Bean Jr. Can't forget him. No, he's definitely, I think, on the second team because he I, he was he tie, he's tied for the most points ever at SIU Arena slash Banterra Center. Cannot forget him. You can't forget the guys like the all time scores for sure. So let's 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 narrow it down now. Top five: Darren Brooks, Jamal Tatum. Kent Williams, like you could count like the Ashraf Amayas from the 90s, the Chris Cars before. It's tough to say, really. Who would you say? Would you say Jermaine, Jermaine Deerman? Jermaine Deerman, Randall Falker, Matt Shaw played the four. Uh, big wise, there's not really, but big wise, you have Tony a. Boyle. I don't hey, know. He, he had his own. He was pivotal in his own way, so. Even the great Brad Corn, a long time ago. Yeah. Be sure to uh, – well, actually, we don't play them this year, unfortunately. But We might. We don't we know. Might. Finalizing we the schedule. Right. So, I'm sure Brian would like the chance to play Brad again. So, yeah, just narrow it down to the ones that we obviously grew up on. I remember I had, like, a little toddler's Darren Brooks jersey. I mean, it's just – all those guys, all the great guards that we know of, and we know Brian's in there. If we were talking about a six-man, Brian would be the six-man. Um, be my, he's my coach on mine. Yeah, if we were to come up with a coach, it would definitely be probably the great Rich Heron, the late great Rich Heron. Uh, probably he had he had the most successful years, I would say, outside. Maybe of, Jack Hartman back Chris in the Lowry. day. Yeah, outside of the years that Chris Lowry had and the teams that Brian was talking about, him, we're not worried about the past anymore. We're focused on them now. That's correct. That's a great question by uh, Mitchell. You know, as he would know. And it's how a lot of people probably would know that you can you can't really go wrong with anybody that we know of of the top notch talent we've had over the last twenty years. 
to make either of those teams, and we shouldn't have to go that much more into detail. Everybody knows who those players would be. So, and we forget with Carlton Faye's and all that stuff. And honestly, we're thinking that one of these days, who knows, Marcus Damask and or Lance Jones could end up making these lists one day. They get three more years. Any of these players. Any of the four. Yeah, it depends how they come along. We know Marcus and Lance have made their mark, and the fact that they get three more years is just incredible. Marcus could end up being top five in scoring ever. And last season kind of hurt, obviously, that trajectory, but the added year would kind of be like it never left. So, honestly, you get four and a half years. So, all these guys are on the trajectory, and we um, love the history of SIU. But we're focused on the now. Thanks for saying that, Brian. We'll never forget those words. We'll keep going by those words. I did find this. Uh, in back in tw- I just making me think of an all-time team. Back in 2013, SIU all, did do an all a men's basketball all-century team. I will read it off real quick. Wayne Abrams played back in the from 77 to 80. Astro Astro Maya, 90 to 93. Darren Brooks from 01 to 05. Seymour Bryson, 56 to 59. Chris Carr, 93 to 95. Jermaine Deerman, 2000 to 03. Randall Fokker, 05 to 08. Walt Fraser, 65 and 67. Uh, Dick Garrett, 67 to 69. Mike Glenn, 74, 77. Lee Shane Hawkins, 95 to 98. Nate Hawthorne, 71 to 73. Troy Hudson, 96 to 97, Josie Mayerweather 73 to 75, Steve Middleton 86 to 89, Tom Milliken 49 to 52 and also 54, Brian Mullins 06 to 09, Matt Shaw 05 to 08, Rick Shipley 88 to 91, Greg Sterick 70 to 72, Jamal Tatum 04 to 07, Marcus Timmons 92-95, Chico Vaughn 59 to 62, Kent Williams. 2000 to 03 and Gary Wilson 76 to 79 and three head co- or four head coaches made that team Rich Heron, Jack Hartman, Chris Lowry, and Bruce Weber. So again, we really can't go wrong with any of those players. And as soon as you said Randall, well, one, it flashed me back to whenever I, we made a field trip to the student center back when I was a kid. I remember seeing Randall in the hallway and I remember yelling at him and every, all the, all of us kids ran up to him and they were just larger than life back then. But He's still playing overseas. I don't know if we've mentioned that before on here. No, he's playing overseas. He's at least, how old is he now? Probably 37, 38. He's probably still playing at a decent level, whatever country he is. We've talked about that before. And you mentioned Troy. Forgot that he was only there for like two seasons. We know he's a Carbondale alum. And that's incredible the impact he had in only his only couple years there. So all different kinds of... Players have gone through SIU, and you did mention Anthony Bean. He's he's the more legit, you know, recent, especially at the age that we are now, that we know how great he was and the impact that he had. So you're right. I can't forget Anthony on that second team. So that's a great question by Mitchell. So here we are, Noah, uh, winding down the 10th episode. Cannot believe we're already in the teens for basketball. We're trying sh- slowly but surely get here with football as well. As we Football will catch up pretty uh, quickly due to the fact that the season starts in almost exactly a month. So keep in touch with both of them. We did want to plug real fast, as we mentioned before, we wanted to keep expanding our social media that we do. We ended up making an Instagram page. You can follow that dogs podcast. You can follow, we posted our pictures just like how we had on our Twitter, on our Instagram page. 
and we'll be sure to maybe post what our current studio looks like. Maybe we can grow one of these days. Post that. We'll, we will also be posting. Uh, we could, well, it'll be, it'll be football and basketball. So you'll be seeing all kinds of offers or interests. We'll be screenshotting probably off of Twitter, maybe taking pictures and crediting these pictures. Um, and like I said, screenshotting Twitter to make that. And obviously, we always say that we unfollow or delete posts whenever someone chooses somewhere else, and that's just what we'll do. So be sure to follow Dogs Podcast on Instagram. Like I said, only one picture up right now. We will be expanding that. We might have a YouTube down the road. All kinds of stuff. We're trying to grow in every which way for you guys in terms of getting information. We definitely you know, expanding because we love what we do right now, but you know, you could always grow in every facet of any part of life, anything. So especially with the love and that we know that we get support from players and obviously their families or fans in general that we just want to keep growing. And it's crazy because we're doing the pods and how aggressive and how involved we were during this past season, the seasons before that, ever since we've had this account. And now since we have the podcast that during both of the, cause we, at the end and the, and the playoffs for football, we did pods and talked about the games, but we'll keep even bringing these more to you guys once the season gets here. And we're doing a podcast after each and every game to, uh, overview how that game went good or bad so we know you hopefully you guys will enjoy those so that's way down the road as we know season starts in november a lot happens till then as we said football right around the corner be sure to follow that again our ig is dogs podcast football and basketball be sure to give that a follow we'll be sure to post a link for that as well on a tweet coming up might put it with our podcast or you might make a separate tweet so be sure to uh you should already have your tweet notifications on, but be sure to uh, uh, stay tuned for that whenever we get that going. Really proud of all this that we've been doing. Like I said, yesterday was really fun. Um, and love to hear from everybody that we talk to that they enjoy what we do. And obviously we enjoy what they do. You know, we made sure not only Jamal thanking him for our childhood and even Brian, but love staying involved, getting the insights we do from the people that we do. We just love it so much as we talked about a kajillion times. So for the 10th episode, here we are in the studios. As we mentioned, stay tuned for our Instagram. I might show you guys what our studio looks like. For Nick Malone. No alerts. Again, this is the 10th episode. Stay tuned for 11. This is the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Until next time, as always, go dogs.